Hi, this is Life Coach David. Thanks for listening to the Law of Attraction podcast. And if you want to find out more about me and Law of Attraction coaching, you can find me at lifecoachdavid.com. And I've been having a wonderful day so far. I've had lots of wins, and I hope you have too. The more wins, the better. And we've been reading from Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting by Lynn Grabhorn. And even though it's an older book, the information is still very valid. And I like how she explains her idea of the law of attraction. Sometimes her wording is a little funny and a little quirky, but that's okay. It makes me laugh. And today I'm going to try doing a podcast without stopping or editing what I say. Because sometimes... While I'm reading, I make a mistake, then I have to go back, and I usually edit it out. But I thought it would be fun just to do it live, kind of. And if you hear me mess up, then you hear me mess up. So today we're going to read from Chapter 6, and her title, Ye Gads, I'm Feeling. Step 3, Wonder, Preciseness, Appreciation, Gratitude, Excitement, Reverence, and Awe. Can you pull up those different feelings anytime you want? Can you turn on wonder at the drop of a hat or excitement? And I don't mean sex or how about reverence? Can you look at anything, even a rock, and instantly make yourself feel a warm sensation of respect toward that inanimate object? Turning on has usually meant getting ready to jump somebody's bones, but that's not what we're talking about here. Our new kind of turning on is a conscious, intentional flipping of your inner switch to a higher frequency to get us vibrating at a faster speed, like right now. Anytime we remember to do it, every time we remember to do it, all the time, as often as possible, every hour on the hour, or every time you pass a red car, a stray dog, a mom, or baby, whenever. I'm not kidding. If we don't learn how to get our frequencies up there and out of here, we don't stand a bloody chance in hell of becoming deliberate creators, which means, unhappily, that we will forever remain creators by default, which means victims. Since changing frequencies 101 was never an offered course in school, it becomes a skill we have to learn on our own. But with a few more tricks of the trade under our belts, it can happen easily. And the next section is called Whoosh. (laughs) She's so funny with her titles. I first started fiddling around with energy flow about a year before finding the teachings on the Law of Attraction. I didn't have the foggiest idea what I was doing, but it was fun and passed the time as I was driving. The home refinance market was in full swing, And as a mortgage broker, I was right in the middle of it with my own one-person business, which I ran from my home. So as requests came in from folks to refinance their houses, I go to them rather than the usual routine of having them come to me. It was a fun way. I got out of the house, I did errands at the same time, and saw parts of my town I never knew existed. To pass the time as I was driving around to appointments, I started playing with my energy. I already knew how to switch rapidly into an intense feel-good mode, a kicky little thing to do I called running my energy. I just inflate a vigorous feeling of up 
and in almost no time, my body was buzzing in response to the altered frequency. I also knew if I folded a desire into those high feelings, think about it while I was up, it would stand a good chance of coming about. But that's all I knew. Frequencies, vibrations, negative positive energy flow, the law of attraction. I had only a casual understanding of these things. The more I fooled around with running my energy, the more I was beginning to see this rather intriguing phenomenon that would occur just as I started to feel high, or a buzz as I call it. Right in the pit of my stomach, that place where you lose your breath when you're socked, there was this whoosh feeling, as if I was zooming down a roller coaster at breakneck speed. Sometimes it lasted for only a split second, but other times, if I concentrated with extreme care, I would prolong it for several minutes. Then I realized this whoosh was the same kind of yipes feeling you get if you have to swerve abruptly to avoid hitting another car, or the kind I felt many years ago at the precise moment my boss told me I was fired. Whoosh, right in the pit of my stomach. At first, I didn't know what to make of it or how to link it all together. Here were vastly different situations eliciting a broad spectrum of equally powerful reactions, yet they all seemed to end up physically in the same place, my gut. Then it dawned on me, our emotions register first in our adrenal glands, which is why when we're startled or frightened, we experience that rush in the pit of our stomach or solar plexus where the adrenals are located. When fear hits us, the adrenals are socked with a sudden burst of electromagnetic energy, causing the immediate release of adrenal secretion, which we experience as whoosh. So why wouldn't the adrenals respond in the same manner to an intense energy manufactured from joy? Energy is energy, after all, no matter what has moved it around. Whether we feel a rush of extreme panic or a rush of sublime joy, the energy floods through the solar plexus, stimulating our adrenals and registering as a high, noticeable physical sensation, whoosh. I was thoroughly intrigued and started to experiment even more. Sure enough, I found I could control how intense my feel-good vibrations were by how much, <laughs> sorry, by how much whoosh I had in the pit of my stomach and vice versa. I could control the intensity and duration of whoosh by however much feel-good vibration I could generate. It was fantastic. Not much whoosh meant not much feel-good and not much intensity, so not much change vibrationally from where I had been. But a big whoosh or rush in my solar plexus meant I was really turned on vibrationally to some kind of elevated feeling, excitement, delight, deep appreciation, or whatever. It meant I was flying high without chemicals, and it proved itself every time. The rush never came without my turning on some form of joy, and I never ever had the rush or buzz as long as I was just flatlining, which is feeling neither good nor bad, but just kind of plotsing along. I was so excited with all of this. I thought I had discovered the secret of life. Perhaps I had, but only in part. I still didn't know about directing the energy or about focusing on wants or don't wants, 
All I knew then was that the more I pushed a feel-good into my bodily buzz, the more I was attracting my desires. It was a great start, but oh brother, how I'd wish I'd known the rest of the story. In the beginning, I was like Mickey Mouse in the Disney movie Fantasia, playing with his boss's magic hat without knowing its powers. I was getting so good at manufacturing up feelings into a whoosh, I could run it on, I could run it on in an, what, what is she saying here? I could, oh here, I could turn it on in a wink, even while listening to tasteless new casts about somebody's sweet grandmother being raped. Oh, sometimes she has the strangest things. Anyway, I'm going to continue. <laughs> Whoosh will come that feeling in my stomach as I turned on the joy, followed in moments by a sort of soft, bubbly feeling or buzzing all over my body. The more I buzzed, the more business I get. So I'd buzz even more. It was magic. The money was flowing in so fast, I actually stopped counting. Running my energy became such a routine pastime. I could almost forecast how much business would come in by the intensity and frequency of my buzzing. While I was correct in my understanding that the high frequencies I was originating were magnetizing my desires, I mistakenly thought that was all there was to it. No problem, just get my frequencies up there, run my energy, and the world is my oyster. Not quite. What I didn't know then was that even the slightest shift of my focus to anything that was unpleasant would not only pull in the undesired consequences of that negative focus, but would instantly cast a barrier between me and incoming goodies, including money. That little lesson was soon to come. For several months, though, there was not a negative condition anywhere for me to observe. What was, was terrific. Everything I turned, it was as if it were my time. There was a ripe and ready market which I knew I could tap with ease. The little flyers I inserted into the newspaper were so effective, my phone would ring with loan appointments for weeks afterwards. No matter where I looked, things were extraordinarily positive. And of course, so were my vibrations. My energy level was off the charts, my social life was thriving, and my ancient wardrobe sprouted anew from carefree shopping sprees, all while my business boomed. And before the year was out, I had even launched a new enterprise totally separate from the mortgage business. I just kept unconsciously observing the good stuff all around me, running my energy and pulling in more. How good could it get? Then things started to go haywire. The market changed and so did my focus along with it. And as interest rates began to rise, business began to dry up. Now all my attention was going to, no, no, don't let the rates go up. Don't let the market dry up. Don't let this gravy train crash. If someone had said to me then that what is is only the platform from which you launch your next creation, I would have punched their lights out. I was really, really worried, so of course the problem kept getting worse. Because I had been so preoccupied with the bad turn of events, I had long since stopped buzzing. Instead, I had shifted my focus completely to what I didn't want, the market to get any worse. 
rather than on what I could have so easily created, lots of business in spite of the market. But I didn't know that. The worse the market got, the worse I felt. And the worse I felt, the worse my business got. Instead of writing a new script and finding the happy feeling place of the way I wanted it to be, my fear was pulling in more fear. Trouble was glaring me in the face in major proportions. I had spent all my funds on the new enterprise. The market was in the pits. There were no new loans coming in. I still had debts to pay for from launching the new corporation. And need I say more? The conditions I was focusing on were a long, long way from my liking, and the growing fear behind that focus was making matters meaner than all get out. I borrowed money to live on. I flew into every kind of frantic action I could think of, hired a salesperson who was into more lack than I was. Naturally, that was all I could attract. I sent flyers farther out into the neighboring towns and generally thrashed about anxiously for new business. It did not come. I had plunged headlong into creation by negative focus, centering 100% of my attention on everything I did not want. I had so entrenched those don't wants into my vibrations and made them such a dominant part of me. I was pulling in more and more nasty stuff by the truckload. It was not a good time. Thinking I still had the secret, I tried to start buzzing again. Good luck with such impassioned negative focus on all the gloomy gloomy stuff around me i couldn't have turned on i couldn't have turned on if my life depended on it which at that point it darn near did my poor expanded self was probably saying forget it while taking off for an extended vacation in another universe until i came to my senses Negative was my dominant vibration, and negative was all I was getting, in spades. It was somewhere right around that emotional low when a bunch of my all-too-enthusiastic friends began insisting I look into this material they had gotten hold of about the law of attraction. I was so down in the dumps, I really didn't care if they had discovered a shipload of authentic Aladdin's lamps. But to get them off my back, so I could be alone in my misery, I gave in. Five minutes is all it took for me to see why they were so excited. At last, here was the rest of the story. All the pieces that, for so many years, I never even knew were missing. I couldn't have been more elated if someone had given me $50 million. Within one day, I designed and dove into my 30-day program, disguised my 30-day program described in the last chapter. No, things didn't turn around overnight. I was too addicted to looking at all the uglies. The financial turnaround was slow, but absolutely steady, and a torrent of ideas were beginning to wash over me about fabulous ways to increase business with ease and fun. What excited me the most, though, was the leg up I knew I had in knowing about energy flow or running my energy. I already knew how to turn on, how to manufacture the up feelings, and hold them for quite a while. I even knew how to calm myself into thinking I was feeling good until I truly did. What I most assuredly had not known was the single most important item in the Law of Attraction, which says, what you focus on is what you get. 
All I had to do was get my focus off the Dow market, off my lack of money in the bank, off the fact that there was still no loans coming in, off my debts, take precise aim with my focusing, and sail away into the sunset. Oh sure, it took me more than a little while, but it finally worked. I became one of the few brokers locally who did not go out of business and continued to make good money in a rotten market. What a joy! And eventually, through persistent attention to my focus, I was able to turn my one-person business into a large and highly successful tri-state enterprise. Wow, good for her. I'm so impressed. I mean, she knew she could make herself feel good, but at that point, she didn't realize that what she was focusing on was creating what she was experiencing. And then when she finally got that, something clicked within her, and she started changing her focus to what she wanted instead of what is. And eventually, what she wanted became her what is. And that's amazing, and that's what we all need to do more of. As I said before in a previous podcast, we all need to focus more on what we want. Because the more we do that, the more what we want will become our what is. And it can be a little tricky because sometimes, a lot of times, what is is so powerful and we're so in it, it could be hard to convince ourselves to do that. But if you just start little by little, it can be done. And then, of course, things change for the better. So thanks for listening to today's podcast. And think about how you can use what she was talking about in your life so you can attract what you want instead of what is. Thanks for listening. And if you want wonderful coaching about the law of attraction, you can go to lifecoachdavid.com to contact me. And in the meantime, have a wonderful high vibration day.